Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hello and happy Friday. It's Shira. Ryan Mitchell is out. Shar is back with us as always on Fridays. Yeah. yeah. Only on Fridays. No, you're not allowed back any other day I, of the clearly. week. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> So what have you been up to? How's the week been? Oh, it's been great. I was, uh, shout out to Never Ending Nina Notes. She's a dynamic and fantastic uh, artist who's trans and she uh, has a new video out called Stop Killing Us, which is fascinating. Check it out on YouTube. Her name's Never Ending Nina Notes. Okay. I also, you have you heard about that bear show on Hulu? It's got the son from Shameless. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen, I've seen, uh, Billboards and yeah, ads. Yeah, I for binged it. it. Oh Is my it good? gosh! Oh my gosh! It's so good. It's it it messed with my nervous system though. Yes, that was the <laughs> thing for me. Why? I started watching it first episode. They shoot it so it purposely like gives you anxiety. Oh god, like, I don't want to watch that. It's like in a busy kitchen. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it was too much for me. I might go back to it once I'm in an okay headspace. Yeah. But yeah. this week I have not been. So. And when the story unfolds, it's really okay. it's really compelling. And you're gonna try. like the the end. And then um, of course today is anything's possible day. So uh, check that out on Prime Video. I consulted for that film. Just check it out. Billy Porter's directorial debut. Yes. Starring, you know, Eva Rain and Abu Akbar. Like, it's it's a great film and it just, my, I'm glowing today because it's Aww. finally out. I've been working on it since March. So much fun. Yeah. Well, go check that out. Lots to watch over the weekend if you don't want to be outside in the heat or maybe you can't be inside and because it's too the, hot too. Maybe you don't want to be outside in the COVID and the monkeypox. That okay? too. There's New York just reported about polio. They got a first polio case. Oh, my God. All right. Well, coming up on the show, uh, would you be down to pay for child support from a child's conception? This is the latest proposal coming from the GOP. More on that in 30 minutes. And next hour, the professor who uh, started a Harry Styles class. I'm so excited for this. Producer Shelby got this guy, tracked him down. He's going to be joining us at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Me too. I want to know how this works. Yeah, there was a Beyonce class at at Texas Southern University. I feel like that makes sense. No, he did. (laughs) Yeah, Matthew Knowles was the professor. Okay, so then you're like getting a a bit of a inside the, you know, I would say superstar studio. And that does make more sense than Harry. Yeah, because she's an entrepreneur. She's built it, like figuring out how she built her brand. Yeah. Harry's like, anyway, but... Listen, I'm open. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Right now, lots has been happening the past 24 hours. A jury found that former Donald Trump advisor Steve Bannon was guilty on two counts of contempt of Congress for blowing off the January 6th Select Committee. Bannon's sentencing is scheduled for October 21st when he will face a mandatory minimum prison sentence of 30 days and up to one year behind bars. He could also be fined $100 to $100,000, which is 
a big range. Bannon's team declined to put on a defense yesterday, but has made clear they're planning for an appeal. Sure, they'll drag this along. Mm-hmm. Here's Bannon yesterday after closing arguments. They worked it out, and every time, every single time, more than anybody else in the Trump administration, and quite frankly, even McGahn and Ryan, some of those guys aggregate. Stephen K. Bannon testified. So you heard it laid out today. See you guys tomorrow. Thank you very much. By the way, 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 okay. one last thing. I stand with Trump and the Constitution. Thank you very much. Well, that's a direct uh, contradiction. You can't stand for Trump right. and the con- Constitution. That'll make sense. Uh, they're all hypocrites. Okay. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson has announced that he will not oppose the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act. Johnson is the fifth Republican to uh, break ranks with the party on same sex marriage, it seems. Senators Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, and Tom Tillis are also in the yes column. So far, only eight GOP senators have announced they would vote against the measure. Mm. And finally, as he was walking on an elevator on Wednesday, GOP Senator Marco Rubio, Florida, told CNN that a vote on a bill to codify same-sex marriage was a, quote, stupid waste of time. But when he said that, there was another senator on the elevator who heard him, Senator Tammy Baldwin, you know, the Wisconsin Democrat, who's also the first known gay politician elected to the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. So she, of course, spoke up um, to him saying, the recent Supreme Court decision eroded a constitutional right to privacy. There's a whole bunch of cases that have been decided based on a constitutional right to privacy that are in jeopardy, which actually he agrees with. And anyway, um, she said, I'll set, uh, we'll be talking some more. So, you know, it was this interesting encounter between the two of them. But what an interesting choice of words. Like, no one has any decorum anymore. Like, when you have these job titles in politics, there was once upon a time where that was dignified and respected. And now I feel like I'm at the cafeteria table in high school. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. I feel like I'm in a lunch in high school. Yeah, it's wild. And like stupid waste of time to actually focus on certain people's rights. You know? I mean, yeah, that's a really dumb waste of time. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? So this T-Report is on someone who haunts my dreams. And oh. I say that because I had to report so much on this girl last yep. year that I just feel like I know everything about her. But nevertheless, 19-year-old JoJo Siva stepped into the spotlight when she was nine on Dance Moms. Did you know that, Shira? Because I didn't find that out until I started. She was very young, but... I just thought she was the girl with the ponytail and the glitter that all the kids liked. I didn't know that she was from Abby Lee Miller. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. that's how she started. Nevertheless, take a listen to what she recently had to say about being considered a gay icon and some misconceptions about lesbian culture. You can be queer and be girly. I think that's a thing is a lot of times lesbians are taken to be masculine. If you're a lesbian, you're supposed to be, You do you want to be a boy? That's not the case. There are plenty of very feminine lesbians. Now, I'm willing to give JoJo a little bit of grace here because that baby ain't nothing but 19 years old. She's learning. But listening to her speak, I'm like, duh! (laughs) Because my thing is, and oftentimes within the trans community, we definitely talk about this. Everybody from any community has the right to self-autonomy, and we all have our personal politics around how we show up, how we dress, how we navigate. So it's like, of course, we even have celebrities that are feminine lesbians. So who's out here saying that you you gotta butch it up if you're a lesbian? Well, I think it's just this i maybe this idea that she's been also figuring out of like what it means to her. She has that new Ellen haircut. Oh yes, let's have a little fun today. She's growing up. 
We love Before that. For our eyes. That is the tea report for this hour. You want to stick around? Because I got more for you next yeah. hour. Next up, what happened on the eighth day of the January 6th hearings? I feel like it's like Hanukkah or something. on, the, <laughs> Or like a Christmas. We're talking about it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hearings for the January 6th Capitol attack happened yesterday, and it seemed like a lot was revealed. Oh, yes. This was by far, arguably, the most entertaining day, if you're keeping score. They said it's the season finale. You know, the new season starts in September. One of the highlights from all of this that has been shared everywhere was... Well, this video of Trump and the speech he was going to oh, make. Oh, him taking an hour to get a three-minute speech out because yeah. of his edits? Yeah. A it was mess. fascinating to watch in real time. I'm surprised we're just seeing this, but here's, take a listen. But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? This is not an SNL sketch. This actually happened. <laughs> this is the, he was really and it's times like this that I have to sit back and say this man was really the president right like it, it, it hits me every so often but that was definitely one well Mariana Alfaro is back with us post politics now anchor at the Washington Post welcome back to the show we appreciate it hi thanks for having me okay well can you go over yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened yesterday it's it's Hard to keep up, although some of us have been keeping up through some of these viral moments, like the one we played. Yeah, yesterday was definitely, as you guys mentioned, kind of a a serious finale. The first um, of, you know, the last of the eight summer hearings. We'll be back in September with more is what uh, the committee said, uh, because I definitely think that there's so much more that we haven't seen um, as evidenced by those videos. Um, But yeah, there were a few uh, last moments yesterday, even, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's just really bad, but it's also a little funny. Uh, we had those clips of Trump taking forever uh, to come up with a statement, um, a video clip. And even that video, um, he still refused to say many things that we now know are true. Like, you know, he wouldn't say um, like he did not include any sort of mention of peace in his video. He did not uh, tell the, the mob that the election was over. He did not accept that he had lost the election. Uh, so even though he was literally forced to do this, you know, you can hear Ivanka in the back of this video, like kind of directing him. And he still refused to say all these things that were needed at that moment to get this mob out of the Capitol. Yeah, I saw him struggling over the word yesterday. Like, I know I trip over some of my words sometimes, but it was like, whoo, good Lord. He literally said, I I can't pronounce yesterday or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I saw that this morning. Now, um, one of my hallmarks, I guess, from this uh, from yesterday's Mm -hmm. hearing was, of course, Senator Josh Hawley. Please walk me through that, Mariana. (laughs) Yeah, so we have this video also unveiled yesterday. It's a footage from the Capitol security cameras. And um, I don't know if you guys recall, but before things got really messy that day, there, there was a photo of Holly walking into the Capitol. Yep. Um, the mob was there, and he raises his fist. And, uh, you in know, solidarity. Soon after, in solidarity, yes. Um, soon after that, he said he didn't regret it. He said that he was there to, you know, he, he wanted to respect the crowd, show them that he was with them. So we know that. That was a photo that came out that day. The video we saw yesterday was footage from the cameras <laughs> in the Capitol showing Holly sprinting out of the Senate chamber and down, you know, all the tunnels in the Capitol away from the mob. He's literally sprinting. And so, you know, when they played that um, in the hearing room, like laughter erupted. But it was that kind of thing where we, you know, see once again um, a lot of these like pro-Trump senators and, and congressmen, um, you know, saying that they 
uh, believe one thing or another. And then in, in the face then, of action, yeah. in the face of this violence, they just ran away. We even saw that with Fox News uh, correspondents and personalities. Laura Ingram, like everyone's text messages were like, yeah. this has to stop. But they were, you yeah. know, juxtaposed against that on air, encouraging Wild. everyone. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess with all this, were there any surprises, anything that you think might be damaging? Um, so that's the thing. It's like a lot of the message yesterday just echoed what had been made clear in the yeah. seven other hearings that Trump knew uh, what was going on. Trump was aware that this violence was breaking out. Trump wanted to be there with his uh, followers walking to the Capitol that day. Um, and so what the, the committee is trying to prove is that he can't feign ignorance. He can't pretend that, you know, he didn't know what was going on when clearly he was taking an active effort to avoid uh, telling them off to stop. And so... It's not a surprise, I guess, anymore, but it definitely shows that there's so much evidence that yeah. the Capitol, that the, that the committee has now to prove that Trump definitely um, knew what was going on that day and chose not to act. Really quickly, uh, before we get out of here, Mariana, mm-hmm. I have to know, you know, Merrick Garland is supposed to be prosecuting this. What what are the odds mm-hmm. of the hammer coming down before Trump potentially has the opportunity to throw his hat in the ring for, you know, election? Yeah, it's kind of, it's really hard to speculate on that one and guess what um, the Justice Department could do just because, again, this committee is working independent from DOJ. But DOJ is starting to receive um, information from um, the, the um, evidence that the committee is unveiling. Um, they're doing their own, you know, picking up uh, where the committee is leaving off. Um, but it's difficult to tell just because Trump every week feels like he's getting a little closer to an announcement. Uh, but definitely what we heard from the committee yesterday was you know, we're showing you all Americans this evidence. Are you sure you want this person uh, mm. to be in power again? Um, so I think it's still kind of hard to tell where DOJ is going to go with this. Um, but at least, you know, the committee is clearing its hands of, like, I, we told you guys, so make a yeah. choice. You'd think this would stop yeah. him from being allowed to, but anyway. Well, you'd think it would have stopped yeah. him from potentially winning as well, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that was Mariana Alfaro, Post Politics Now anchor at The Washington Post. Thank you again. Have a great weekend. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Next up, Republican lawmakers have a new proposal after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Listen to this. Prospective fathers should be on the hook for paying child support from the moment of conception. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. There was a new bill that was introduced on July 13th in both the Senate and House. It's called the Unboard, Unborn sorry, Child Support Act. And Republican lawmakers basically want prospective fathers to be on the hook for paying child support from the amount of from the moment of conception or yeah yeah which so, i, I which find so strange especially coming from the right you know they're always trying to look for a scapegoat i'm i'm honestly surprised that republicans would uh propose something like this Yes, and joining us right now, we have Amy Peaky, senior reporter at CBS Money Watch. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, so tell us more uh, about this proposal. Is this something that they've been looking towards doing for a while? Because it did seem to come out of nowhere. Well, I think you have to understand, like, the context is coming um, after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June. And... You know, after that happened, um, there were criticisms from Democrats and people who support reproductive rights saying, you know, a lot of the states that are now banning abortion in reproductive care um, are states that don't really provide um, the same kind of support as other states for pregnant people and, um, 
children. And so this is coming out of kind of that background. And it's Republicans in both the uh, Senate and the House who, who introduce these bills. It's a little unclear, you know, how much success this will have in moving forward. But I think it's, it's, it, it made, um, kind of made it a little bit of an impact because of the criticism that came out from, um, you know, people in support of reproductive rights saying, you know, you're going to potentially, you know, force women to have babies but not provide support mm-hmm. for them um, through this process. So that's sort of the background that this bill, uh, actually the two bills came out of. Yeah, I find this interesting because a lot of conversation, of course, have been bubbling up about, you know, women who get pregnant or and pregnant people who get pregnant in the United States and how they it should be proposed that they can't be deported because the baby, the fetus is a is a U.S. citizen. If we're looking at it, it that way, I'm interested in knowing, are there any prospective loopholes to this? And I ask this question because I see, you know, Republicans getting spicy with this proposal, but I don't see them following through because so many, you know, men regardless of what side of the aisle they're on, they end up, you know, having mistresses and kind of stepping in it sometimes. So do you do do you see any type of loophole or Republicans really adhering to this proposal? Well, like I said, it's hard to know what will happen with this bill. But um, one thing that's interesting about it is that it gives, um, if it would move forward and become a law, it gives women um, the right to decide if they want to have the fathers um, pay for child support from the moment of conception. Um, And that's interesting just because, you know, some, there are cases where, you know, women have children, but they don't want to have a relationship with the father. Yeah. And so this is giving the rights to, would give women the right to say, okay, I do want the paternity paternity to be confirmed, or, you know, I want this person to pay child support, or I don't want to have contact with the would-be prospective father. So, I mean, it gives a little more flexibility um, mm-hmm. to women if it were to become law. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned, like, the, the the case of, you know, people arguing about, you know, whether, you know, like a, a fetus should be a person and have the same rights as a person. And that's something that's also come up as a criticism from Democrats and reproductive rights supporters saying, you know, this bill, on the face of it, look supportive of women, but it's introducing language that would give um, fetuses personhood. And that mm-hmm. raises a whole other set of arguments yeah. and debates. And so that's something else I think that, um, you know, could be a stumbling block in the debate and, um, you know, potentially on both sides for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't feel like the rights pe- women are looking for, right? This is like, oh, they're acting like, oh, yeah, this is about your rights to support you. And you're like, and all of us are like, no, we want other things. Why aren't you listening? We want to be able to control our own bodies. <laughs> Come on. That's what we want. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I think one thing that's really interesting um, to think about is, you know, some of the states that are putting into effect these very strict um, abortion bans are states that didn't expand Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. And, you know, the Affordable Care Act, um, when it's expanded, it increases more um, the, the income level to which you can get Medicaid. And so more people, including women and pregnant people, would be covered in those states if it were expanded, but it's not. And the ACA also mandates coverage of um, pregnancy care and postnatal, postnatal care. So that's a big that's a big issue. That's a big point. So, I mean, it's interesting, um, you know, this is happening also, given that these states are facing, you know, potential 
um, increase in costs and medical stress and financial stress for women who might have babies that they, you know, hadn't planned on having. And then also, how do you know who the parent is, the other parent? Well, they have this is an amendment to the Social Security Act, which does determine paternity and child support. So this is like, I guess, an extra caveat to to what's already. But then what if they so this person says, I I think I'm the parent. I'm going to pay. What do you have to pay them back after if you find out they're not the the, the dad? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's retroactive. So, yeah. So it would be like after the baby is born, potentially, you could do it then, um, establish paternity, you know, through testing, DNA testing, and then, so yeah, there would be back pay. Yeah, oh. basically back child, back child support is basically what it would yeah. be. Fascinating. All be right. Be prepared to have those wages garnished, fellas. All right. Amy Peakey, <laughs> senior reporter at CBS Money Watch. Thank you so much. Thank you both. And next up, if you can't afford a home in America, this may be your solution. Next, let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Well, it seems like more and more Americans are relocating to Europe because of, of and course, this global warming. Yeah, the rising cost <laughs> of living, inflating house prices, surging dollar, political craziness here. So I want to tell you the places they're going. But first, would you would you be down for this? So I always uh, I'm getting paperwork in order. It's funny that you ask me this. I am getting paperwork in order in the event during the span of my lifetime that I ever have to seek asylum in another country. You are getting that paperwork together? Well, not. I I just want to make sure that all of the documents are lined up in the event. It's not like, you know, like I'm like, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm leaving in six years. In the event that the block gets too hot in the United States, because it seems like democracy is, baby, out the window the next presidential cycle, depending on which way the pendulum swings. And in the event within my lifetime, if I ever feel the need to flip the bird to this country and go elsewhere, you know. What do you need to do to get ready? Like what documents? It's, It's just getting all my paperwork in order. Okay. We'll talk off Get a passport. That's Oh, I thing. definitely have a passport. Some people don't. A lot of Americans don't have passports. Anyway. And then see what visas you might need. Yeah. But that said, so people are escaping to Italy, Portugal, Spain, Greece, and France. They're among the most popular destinations. This is hilarious. According to an article in Bloomberg. And how do we know this is because uh, Sotheby's International Realty said requests from Americans looking to move to Greece rose 40%. April okay. to June compared to the year earlier. Okay, let's let's do, let's hit pause on this topic because if you have enough financial means to uproot your life in one country, fly overseas. You're not going to Mexico. You're flying overseas to establish life in another country. Then you gotta. I, that leads me to believe that you have enough money and resources to buy a house in the United States. No, I mean, do you ever follow these Instagrams? My boyfriend follows these Instagrams where it's like. Abroad, like houses abroad. Let me tell you. So you, more colonization. But you're, you know what? A lot of these places, unfortunately, and this is the reality, won't really survive economically or fi- financially oh, yeah. if they don't have more people coming in. Tourism, right? Younger. Well, yeah. it's not just tourism. Like younger generations uh, building businesses, like people having their families there. Mm. So there's two sides to this. I agree. Like, and that's where. You should have some regulation in terms of like building or, you know, because like, a lot of people don't like us around the world. I've heard oh, yeah. horror stories about people traveling. There's a love hate. And as soon as they sniff that you're yeah. an American, no, people totally. are like rude to you. There is a love hate, which is why when I traveled when I was younger, I would have a Canadian flag on my backpack. Yeah. Right. And uh, but the reality is, like, I do know some people that have operated to Portugal. Portugal has an amazing health insurance, cheap living. 
You could you could easily you know, live there and like with not on not a lot of money. Like people are just sick of, you know, besides the the overall societal political climate, it's just not a sustainable way of living. And so I I do see this it's it's yeah, makes sense it, to me. But two, it's just difficult if your family's not here. Yeah, everything. two things are coming up for me. The first of which is people are trying to seek asylum in the United States. Should we mention, with, in the name of Roe versus Wade and trans kids and families being attacked, people can't afford to move from Alabama to California. So this is nice in theory, but I'm going to recommend that everyone check out this fascinating documentary that I watched a few years ago by Michael Moore. We're familiar with him. Yeah. It's called Where to Invade Next. And I know that the title is jarring, oh but he goes to different countries and you see how like the U.S. is like bottom tier. Like he, you see what they're eating for lunch in these schools. You see, totally. you know, like universal this, healthcare. Uh, yeah, and and Paris. What place. I love about France is when you get your check stub, everything is itemized. You see that seven dollars. You know how we just got like this lump sum of two hundred dollars taken out for taxes. Yeah. In France, they have it itemized. Like you see, seven dollars and ninety four cents went to the police. You see what went to infrastructure. Yeah. And so it's a fascinating documentary. I really encourage Good everyone one. to check it out. Where to invade next? Okay. Well. More of what's trending next, including what Disney parks are doing to take another step towards inclusivity after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, Thing, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Yes, we're back. It is Shira. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. We hope you're having a great Friday and thanks for hanging out with us. Shar Giselle joins me right here in studio as well. Yes, TGIF. I know. I'm one more week of it. July. Can you believe it? That is just wild. Yeah, one week left. It makes me feel like I need a summer vacation. <laughs> I'm going on one next week. Well, the week after. Yeah. First week of August. I'll be out of here. Good for you. <laughs> I'm actually heading somewhere, but it's like, it's not necessarily the place I would choose, but it's someone's birthday. So I'm, I'm go. going for someone's birthday too. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about where we're going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. It's coming up. We've got a little Char says so. Oh, yeah. Is your habit of buying clothes creating a problem for you? This one hits close to home. Okay. And I have a friend story to share. 
but he doesn't mind me sharing it. Okay. So we'll we'll talk about it. it. Yeah. Then you've heard of this class, or maybe you didn't, but it's being offered, and it's a class about Harry Styles. We have the professor of that class joining us in 30 minutes. I love that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom announced that he has signed additional legislation to protect Californians including measures to improve school campus safety, restrict gun possession by people convicted of child abuse or elder abuse, and better regulate the sale of firearms. Um, Here he is today at a press conference. The Supreme Court opened the door. The Supreme Court said this was okay. It was a terrible decision. But these are the rules that they have established. Senator Portentino is exactly right. If they're going to use Texas and Greg Abbott and their Republican leadership, if they're going to use this framework to put women's lives at risk, we're going to use it to save people's lives here in the state of California. Mm. Yeah. So uh, as you heard him, he he signed a bill that was modeled off of Texas's abortion law, allowing uh, citizens to sue gun distributors. Yeah, I love that because I think that that I definitely am for that, especially because the gun lobby has so much money tied up into politics. Mm -hmm. Let's try to let's kind of sift through the hold them accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, moving on to Disney, who has replaced the title of fairy godmothers for a gender neutral term cast members at the. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. <laughs> Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Oh my God, I can barely say that at the Disney Cinderella Parks. Cinderella Girl. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Yeah. Uh, who help children transform into their favorite Disney characters with makeup and costumes. I kind of want to go there. <laughs> they were previously called Fairy Godmothers in training. Now they are called Fairy Godmothers Apprentices. How is that? Oh, the kids now are fairy godmothers because I guess it's gender neutral because if you're not... In training. Yeah, you can't be in training if you you don't want to be a mother. Like, if you identify with... If you're assigned male at birth and you identify with that, like, you can't be a fairy godmother in training. Yeah, that's true. You're the apprentice. It's everyone. Yeah, that makes sense. You're you're the help. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) Well, that is cute. Okay. I love it. It's a little thing that could make a difference. People are thinking a little too deep, if you ask me. But you know what? To each their own. I don't, you know. And I feel like everyone can be a godmother. Can't anyone everyone be a, a no, godmother? No, because not every, no, I know. Because some know. people's parents might have. Now, hold on. My Zach like, is not a godmother. Well, it's, called, it's like me calling people queen. Like, oh, you're such a, you're a queen. You're a goddess. Like, I say that. That's so patronizing. Don't you ever say that to me. <laughs> well, you don't get goddess title anyway. <laughs> All right, what's happening in entertainment? Oh my gosh, one of my favorite people, Kate McKinnon, comedian and former Saturday Night Live castmate, stopped by the Kelly and Ryan show uh, the other day to talk about her exit. I know, I know. Take a listen. I mean, I thought about it for a very long time, and it was very, very hard because it was that. I mean, I all I ever wanted to do in my whole life was be on Saturday Night Live. And so I did. I loved it. I had the best decade. And then I was just like, my body was tired and I felt like it was time and I had to, but. Uh, it, it was that, just a decade though. I mean, just it's a singular decade. That is hilarious because yeah. Kate McKinnon was so good as Ellen. I think that's when I was first exposed to her when she was imitating Ellen and then she did Hillary Clinton. And I loved She's her in great. that bombshell movie. You know, about Megyn Kelly. Now, Cher, I have to ask you before we get out of here, 
Have you ever been in a position when you know it's time to go, especially no. given <laughs> that Kate McKinnon said that she worked so hard for this one yeah. position? I, I think that every life has seasons and chapters. Yeah. And you have to know. A lot of times we wait until we're like fired or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes you're just like, no, this is just feels right. And you've done as much as you can in that position. There's kind of no yeah. nowhere else to grow. Yeah. You kind of it's, it's time to choose out. And right. like and like Oprah said on the last episode of her talk show, this is not goodbye. This exactly. is until we meet again. <laughs> exactly. And then there's other things she's going to do. She can't be there forever. Right. And Just she did 25 to, years. Exactly. So that or is no, the yeah, Kate, T-Report yeah. for this hour. You want to stick around because I got more fun coming up for you next hour. Yep. Next up, oh, you have your Charcesso. This is my favorite segment every Friday because I get to, to relax and, and listen to you talk. Yeah, that's coming up. <laughs> Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so I have to give all credit for this story to producer Shelby, who found this for me this week because okay. it's so interesting. Okay, so this is a Viewpoint article from Vogue, and it's by a woman named Laura Horton, right? And so Laura Horton is currently staging a a concept titled Breathless. It's a witty yet sensitive examination of the 30-something-year-old protagonist named Sophia and her battle with chronic hoarding issues. And Mm -hmm. so what Laura did is she took to Vogue and she wrote this detailed, you know, like I said, viewpoint kind of op-ed about how her love of clothes became a hoarding problem. Yep, it happens. So I have a friend. I'm going to start off by saying this. I Well, I'll talk about myself first. I don't think that I hoard clothes, but I do know that I do need to go in my closet and fish out things that I have not worn in forever. But the reason I keep things around uh-huh. is that you just never know when you're going to need it again. Like That's, uh, that's my, it. But that's, that's, my, that's the beginning, the entryway for the hoarders. So I have a friend who <laughs> orders, like, let's say he'll order like eight outfits, right? They all come to his house. He tries them on. Uh-huh. He likes them. There's nothing that needs to go back. And then he puts them away. But then an event comes up and then he orders more. Oh, so, so there's not even using what he has Yeah, it's yet. like the clothes. Like good. I told him, I said, friend, you are on a slippery slope. You know, you have tons or of is clothes. That, is the- that hoarding or shopaholic? I, can it intersect? I think multiple hoarding, truths though, can exist I feel, in Yeah, once. totally. Uh, I feel like hoarders is like when you come into the apartment it's not just clothes it's like everything it's just like you're not you're keeping everything well that's because you're broadening it but you can hoard certain items you can hoard clothes you can hoard shoes people that hoard uh hotel mini things (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) or little uh what are those things called like those little like miniature you know there's people who have like those little miniature like glass figurines i forgot what they're called but yeah people could collect but then it gets into hoarding territory people you know hoard garden gnomes and things like that so (laughs) i want to have a conversation with you today about things that you might be holding on to because i also have found some tips on how to how to kind of self-combat that yeah i was definitely a clothing hoarder for a while and it reached uh a tipping point Mm -hmm. where I guess it was just like I couldn't I couldn't keep things in my my drawers. They were overflowing and I couldn't find things. It was giving me anxiety. And so finally, I found someone who's like a stylist, but also organizes your stuff. You found a Kim Kardashian to your Paris Hilton. Yeah. A closet organizer. Uh, <laughs> you know that's what Kim used to do. Oh, really? Yeah. She uh, used to organize. I, I thought she was just me for assistant. Oh, she used to do that, too? She used to organize right. people's closets. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that an upgrade for her. Congratulations. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this person went in, and I didn't know her, literally. 
she came into my home mm-hmm. and within minutes was telling me what to keep and what to throw away. Oh, so she Marie Kondo'd you. Oh, she Marie Kondo'd me. And it was, I had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of attachment to the things we own. Yeah, I was. And, and for me, it was, it was like, okay, it, it was like what you said. Am I going to need this? What if I do? Yeah. Right? And it was like this fear. And, and then I, also memories. And I was about to say, I do a lot of sentimental yeah, things. Totally. There's tons of little knickknacks on my bookshelves and stuff that's so sentimental. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about like, I don't wear eyeshadow like that. Let me start by saying that all of the eyeshadow that I do wear is like neutral earth tones, yeah. terracottas, browns. But I have eyeshadow palettes too. that have like the glittery purple like I have palettes that I do not use or like I've used for like just a few colors or I got sucked in because everyone on Instagram said this is the eyeshadow palette to have and I'm like I don't wear any colors outside of earth tones so I guess I'm hoarding that too because I refuse to throw away yeah. those $67 eyeshadow well, hey, that was something but yeah I think it's it's about looking at those things that don't serve you anymore yeah. and that you haven't used like some some people say there's amount of time like if you haven't used something in six months or, or a year, year and know, makeup has a out. shelf life producer shelby how much time do i have left in this segment uh, about 45 seconds okay so really quickly some tips are declutter you know every 15 minutes each day throw away what you haven't used in the past year which yeah. shira just said i love this one and i'll leave you with this one use the ohio rule for mail and emails and ohio is an acronym that stands for only handle it once Meaning like, you know, you ain't got to cling to your mail. You handle it once. That's why I have a shredder because my mom has that in the back. Like, you don't want my mom planted that in the back of my head. You don't want people getting a hold of your mail and things like that. Request help from friends and family. Seek treatment. You know, they're (laughs) treatment. I'm just saying. No, so totally. people out there with some real issues you, when it comes to listen, holding on. Listen, you feel on. so good once you throw stuff away. When I, when I did that, I had anxiety. Yeah. But it felt like a weight was lifted. And give your clothes away. Don't throw your clothes away. Give yeah, them I did give away. Them Sorry, yes, there's tons wording. of people out here that need their clothes. But that's the Shar says so for this week. And I'll be back next week with a whole other topic. I love it. All right, next up, earlier in the week, we talked about the Texas State University professor who's going to begin offering a class on Harry Styles. We're talking to that professor who started it all next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This university is offering a new class, and it's all about Harry Styles. Mm. <laughs> and a Harry Styles education. All right. Maybe that will take you back to college if you're a fan, yes. you know. Uh, and we wanted to know more about this. And what does this entail? And I also see that this is at Texas State University. Yes. And, you know, there was a Beyonce course taught at Texas Southern University. Oh. So both TSUs. That's interesting. What's going on in Texas? Yeah. Well, joining <laughs> us right now is the professor behind it all, Dr. Louis Dean Valencia, who's an associate professor of history at Texas State University. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, my God. So many questions. And we saw this. We were like, we need to get this person on. We need to know. <laughs> so the course is called Harry Styles and the Cult of Celebrity Identity, the Internet and European Pop Culture. Quite Ooh. the mouthful for the spring of 2023. Tell that us, sounds like a good thesis yeah. statement. <laughs> Tell us more <laughs> how you came up with this. Well, the genesis of all of this really started in the midst of the pandemic when summer 2020, I couldn't go do my regular research. I've been working on a project on the history of HIV AIDS in Europe, and I couldn't go to Europe. So I thought to myself, what, do I, what would I do if I were 16 years old and trapped for the summer? And I bought a, a guitar, one. I'm not great at that. <laughs> but I started doing research on my favorite musician, Harry Styles, and 
the whole of it came about me starting to write this book that is really about the last 10, 12 years and what has changed in uh, the ways that we understand identity, the ways that we are understanding politics and the world that we live in. And as we came back from lockdown and the world was on Zoom and uh, people wore masks, I found that one way to really connect with students was through my favorite music and having them share theirs as well. And sometimes it overlapped, but oftentimes I found that we were able to get into some really good conversations through these musicians and these songs and just talking about the lives of our favorite artists. And for me, it was Harry Styles. And um, as most people know, he's one of the biggest musicians in the world today. And so it was a really kind of easy jumping off point to talk about issues of uh, race, of privilege, of gender, of sexuality, of all of these issues from gun control to abortion rights and bodily autonomy and what does it mean to be a person who wants to uh, live their life as they see fit. I'm interested in knowing... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, I was interested in knowing because it seems like you take a critical analysis to uh, everything after the colon in the title, which is identity and the internet. Why focus on European pop culture? Is it because people in Texas are already familiar with the nuances of, of American pop culture? And what's the difference between the two? I think oftentimes in my other history classes that I teach, um, a lot of times having just a little bit of distance from the United States helps students to sort of separate themselves from the politics as it's being portrayed in the U.S. So say, for example, if we're talking about refugee, refugees in Europe, students understand that differently than refugees in the United States, and it forces them to kind of confront their own biases or prejudices or the ways that or their their own um, presupposed knowledge, mm-hmm. and so I, and also my PhD is in European history. Oh, there you go. So, um, I I that's my expertise as well. So, um, and I also think that it's really important for uh, especially American students to understand that Europe is a much more diverse uh, place than a lot of the, a lot of them assume, and so they can also be challenged in those ways to think about what does it mean to be um, a person? What does it mean to be, uh, to have a different identity and how are those identities constructed mm-hmm. and stereotypes? Yeah. Interesting. And this all stems from Harry Styles. Harry Styles is an inspiration. But any name could be swapped in and out <laughs> based on the title. <laughs> but yeah. right now this class has gotten a lot of attention. It seems it's capped at 20 though. So what is the curriculum going to be? So we start off day one with Big Mama Thornton and Little Richard. Ooh. Um, yeah. So um, day one is trying to talk about, well, what are the origins of rock and roll? And how is it that we can understand what is, what does it mean to be a performer? What does it mean to be flamboyant? What does it mean to have your sexuality questioned? Um, what does it mean to Little Richard, for example, really try to push against having um, categories placed on him, mm-hmm. despite um, having what many people think of as a queer identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're able to, just starting with that sort of framework, 
build upon sort of uh, what do we mean when we're talking about transgressive identity and who is allowed to have that. I have to ask, Hmm. do you address how Elvis stole from Big Mama Thornton? Oh, that's absolutely part of this. Oh, yes. there you go. Yeah, he was a big but old that, thief. That's why, I, um, honestly, it's um, we don't even talk about Elvis Day One. So, and he um, he took you, then, you ain't nothing but a hound dog from Big Mama Thornton. I think that was the song. Yeah, it's um, her, if you ever hear her sing it, it's just soul wrenching. Just. So, um, I mean, do, yeah. are, are, do you think that One Directioners are just going to want to take this because this is Harry Styles and then they're obviously going to be in for quite an awakening? <laughs> well, I think that a lot of fans actually know a lot of these things in the back yeah. of their mind, hmm. but maybe they haven't necessarily um, been able to do it, um, put all of his work into this sort of context. So I think that a lot of fans are going to bring their awesome knowledge to the course of mm-hmm. One Direction, of Harry Styles, etc. cetera. Um, my job, I think, is going to be making sure that it's um, given a, a critical framework to be able to understand all of this, not just within sort of um, yeah. the boys' lives, but in the broader world. And really quickly, because we got about 10 seconds, why, why okay. Harry Styles and not all of 1D? Why leave my, my um, other babies out? What's the, what's the cute one with the no, Hadid so girl? We go, through every, <laughs> we go through every single One Direction album. We give them their time. All five of them are okay. included. Yes, absolutely. And Have they gotten in touch? Eventually we get to the ha- has Harry gotten in touch at all or retweeted anything? No, nothing. Oh. I have no idea how to get in contact with him. Oh, well, I know, you know Liam, Liam's people, so maybe we could do Liam it. don't like oh. Harry oh, yeah, they don't like each other. Oh, God. Thank you Sorry. so much no, for joining fine. us. They're fine. <laughs> right. I am going to a concert, um, Harry's concert in Madrid next week. So Amazing. If I don't meet him, I'm happy regardless. There you go. That was Dr. Louis Dean Valencia, Associate Professor of History at Texas State University. Appreciate it. This is really fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Ne- Bye. Bye. Next up, this condiment is causing a lot of conversation online. We're talking about it after God. this. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. People are freaking out over this pink sauce. It's a condiment that was created by this TikToker whose name is Chef Pierre Pie, P-I-I. Mm-hmm. She launched its pro- uh, the product for sale on her website July 1st. It's selling for $20.00. People are sharing it. It's gone viral, basically. Uh, people are saying, and she even said it, it's like uh, sweet ranch. That's what Yuck. Or that's what someone's saying. Another says it's spicy, but it's pink. It is like Pepto-Bismol pink. It is called pink, which is so funny because I went to Home Depot, and they have like this thing called pink cleaner now, which is oh, supposed God. to get... Producer Shelby knows what I'm talking about. It's supposed... It's bright pink like Pepto-Bismol, but it does the job. What I found interesting about this is there were no rules or regulations, okay? Every bottle is showing up at people's houses. I saw the TikToks in different hues of pink. So some of them are Pepto-Bismol and some of them are baby soft pink. Okay? Yeah, it seems like, and no one's sure how she's creating it because they no looked at the knows. ingredients. They don't know the state of her kitchen. The, the, yeah. If you order this, it's showing up in like cheap packaging, like, like not even a box. There's some people who got their theirs and it was like busted open in like whatever she mailed it in. And I just, whoever bought this... 
it's it speaks to a lot. That's how we in in this pandemic now. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Here's the thing is I think a lot of people are quick to jump on these bandwagons because it feels like it once again it's Instagrammable. We're an yeah. Instagram generation here. We want to have anything that we can take a picture with. And this is something fun. You throw it on, as I saw someone threw it on their chicken. Tacos. Pink chicken. And none, none of that looks appetizing. It doesn't, but it looks cool, I guess. Like, I don't know. No. It looks cool. So this person has had to post an apology. Yes. Because also when you go on the, on the back where the label is, not only are the ingredients weird, but like how many... Things it is she like claims grams that or calori- like a, calories is it's all off. It's she all claims that there's a labeling mix-up because it said 444 servings were in the bottle, but she said that it was grams and the team. I gotta be honest, I don't think there is any team. I think she's in her kitchen, you know, uh, uh, Get, stewing over a crock pot, getting her kids to work, and if she has kids. <laughs> And packaging this stuff up, but it's very telling to the people who are buying this. And it's like a mayonnaise ranch-looking sauce. Yeah. And it's we're in a heat wave right now, folks. So here's the thing. A lot of people are trying to recreate it. They can't seem to get the pink right. A lot of people are just saying it's mayo with some sort of Kool-Aid, red Kool-Aid or pink Kool-Aid. Well, pink food dye. Yeah, food like dye. I heard it's like, like, like a garlic aioli exactly. with a pinch of sugar and well, some, some fascinating. I'll color. give her credit because she created something people are talking about. Girl, she is going to jail. Be careful. <laughs> next up. Don't do this, people. This is a cautionary tale. <laughs> Not an example. Don't do this. Uh, well, next up, we all need a little of this because we can be hard on ourselves and others, but how to care a little less next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, is it possible to care less when there's so much happening in the world? So many responsibilities. How are you supposed to let go of the care? And according to a Pew Research Center survey with that said, 60% of adults said they were sometimes too busy to enjoy life. 74% of parents with children under the age of 18 reported being too busy um, to enjoy life as well. So what are we going to do about all of this? Because it seems like we have this life, so how can we enjoy it, right? Well, joining us right now is Ali Volpe from Vox. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, I think this is a really fascinating topic because I think that if, if if you end up not caring or getting in that mode, you could think like you're not going to be successful. Your whole life will fall apart. I don't know. There's a lot associated with the idea of not caring. Right. Like, I think we tend to fall into that. Oh. Um, that like, we've got we've to do it all um, in order to be successful and that if we, you know, let our foot off the gas, so to speak, for even a second, um, that we won't be successful or achieve the things that we want. But it could kind of be exhausting to go full throttle all yeah. the time. Yeah. And I'm supposed to. I noticed in your article, I'm so, so grateful that you brought up hustle culture because it really is something that plagues millennials and Gen Z as far as like, you know, don't this whole don't sleep culture have eight jobs, which, of course, is a direct function of capitalism because you can have all those things and still be broke <laughs> and poor. So how how does this disproportionately affect women? Right. I think women tend to fall into that trap of, you know, not only wanting to do everything, but sort of society has put that on their shoulder. Ten, they tend to be the caregiver of children and they tend to shoulder most of the household duties Um and so when you feel like you've got all these things on your plate, you feel like you've got to do it so great. Like I think about like my mom around Christmas time, 
every year. You know, she would host Christmas and like the house would have to be miraculous and perfectly clean. And she would have to cook all the food and the gifts would have to be wrapped just perfectly. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that like don't matter in the long run, but like drive people crazy. Yeah, I, I find myself um, falling into this too, where I, I'll put a lot of pressure on myself. I, I want to do everything right, but we also know we're human. That's not even possible to do everything Some right all the time. Some of us know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it ends up actually force, uh, forcing me or putting me in a place where I don't enjoy the things that I want to enjoy. So how do we get out of that cycle? Right. Um, you know, one of the biggest tips that um, the experts I spoke to told me was to sort of zero in on the things that, like, you do find valuable. And sometimes that just, like, comes down to, like, asking yourself, like, what brings me joy in life? What makes me happy? Of course, we all have obligations. And, you know, sometimes maybe, like, work will not rank highly on that list of things we need to do. But, like, aside from that, like, who are the people that bring you joy? What are the hobbies that make you happy? What are the communities that, like, make you feel fulfilled? And then we can sort of get rid of the other stuff of Mm -hmm. like, oh, I volunteered for this thing at work because I felt obligated to and I didn't really enjoy it. And it was not great. Um, This one um, sociology professor um, I I talked to said that, you know, when she was earlier in her career, she always taught summer school because she needed the extra money. And, you know, she just felt that she always needed to do it until she got to a point in her career where she's like, I'm really not enjoying this. I don't need the money anymore. I can get rid of this and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And I wonder how this affects those of us who are like on a woo 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 scale as far as like the art of manifestation. And I ask this because being in and around Hollywood, everyone is constantly talking to me about content, engagement, algorithms. And it's not that I don't care because I do care about those things, but I can also acknowledge like the systematic or systemic differences of like versus if Shira were to post something and if I were to post something, how that would then impact, you know, the social stratosphere, so to speak. And there's been science and statistics to back this up. Um, But nevertheless, how can people manage their personal expectations and get to the root of their priorities or take the Shah route, which is like basically, you know, what's for me won't pass me by. I'm not concerned with all that other stuff. Right. Like, I think it comes down to, like, really setting boundaries, which, of course, is, like, easier said than done. And that can be, like, setting boundaries with yourself, even, of, like, you know, doing all this stuff on social media doesn't serve me anymore. Um, And just sort of, like, taking a view of yourself as to, like, how you want to see yourself and now not how other people might view you. Um, Again, so much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, as (laughs) as we get older and a little wiser, we might think about that, like the external pressures or what we perceive to be external pressures don't actually matter so much. I love that. And I think it could be really hard for people to figure out what are the things to keep doing or what are the things to let go of, right? Because when you're so stuck in that grind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I love what you just said of, of like thinking about what works for you versus you know, comparing yourself to others and saying, well, I should I should feel grateful and happy because everyone else would want to be in this position. That's not really a good way to go about doing it or continue. And we all get different results. That has to be acknowledged as well. You and I could do the exact same thing and start start at the exact same, you know, starting line. And we're going to get different results and engage. Yeah. Allie, I wanted to know why was this an important topic for you to cover? Yeah. Um, So my colleagues and I actually have just sort of been discussing this a lot as far as like you know in this post-pandemic life everybody feels like they need to be doing everything maybe to make up for lost time 
or, you know, they feel that like that sense of mortality is hanging over us. We got to do everything and be everything to everyone. And, um, yeah, we just don't need to do it. It's exhausting. It clouds up our, our field of vision as far as the things that actually matter to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just last weekend, I wish I had taken my own advice. Um, a friend who I hadn't seen in a while was coming to stay with me. But I was just like going wild trying to clean the house and go food shopping and make sure everything was <laughs> perfect for her. And, you know, the thing that mattered the most was like us spending time together. And you know what? Like I didn't cook a single meal for her when she was there. So I didn't need to care about grocery shopping so much. It was more so like the time spent together. Oh, I love that. What a good reminder as we also get into this weekend in the summer. Well, Ali Volpe, thank you so much again for being here. We always love having you on. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, have a great weekend. And Ali Volpe, again, is a senior reporter at Vox. Next up, how is inflation impacting the dating game and what to do about it? Okay, next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, they say love don't cost a thing. Shout out to Jennifer Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer Lynn Affleck. It seems like inflation (laughs) is making dating expensive. Oh, yes. The consumer price index category for food away from home rose 7.7% in June. Uh, Full service restaurants climbed 8.9%. And cocktail or two, you know, prices for alcoholic beverages rose by 4%. So all around... It's getting expensive to date. I found found it interesting because, you know, people searching for love are apparently feeling the pain among 3,000 users on Hinge. Uh, and almost 41% said that they were more concerned with the cost of dates now versus years ago with Gen Z being, you know, feeling most of that pressure. Maybe because they're the brokest. Well, depending. If they're a TikTok star, maybe not. But if they're like the average, you know. But I think Gen Z is actually approaching money in a smarter way than all of us. So maybe they're like, yeah, I don't in what ways? Money. I'm interested in I feel like they're more this. aware of all, the, uh, of all the things we all did wrong. Isn't Gen Z the younger one? Yeah. Yeah, but Shelby, still. producer Shelby was nodding her head. I am great at saving money. So, and maybe it's just me. I know a lot of people my age that aren't, but I am so self-aware. I have so much student debt, so I like yes. know what not to do and what I won't be capable of doing because I feel like a lot of people just ignore their debt and they're like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to buy a house anyway. I think that uh, mismanaging money, don't take this the wrong way, mismanaging money to a certain extent is a rite of passage because it's like you're, you're a toddler off of the training wheels yeah. and welcome to adulthood. But like I said, that's of course if you're not like a, a millionaire from your Instagram. If you have a regular job mm-hmm. working down at Subway or whatever or the mall, there's going to be some hiccups. So with that said, for the single folks here in the room, are you worried? Wow. Are you worried about <laughs> this? Like, are you concerned about how inflation and dating prices and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, oh. I definitely am. Only because, you know, the, the gas prices. For me, it's inflation yes, gas, and I gas. drive a hybrid. Which, by the way, my <sighs> gas has been in my car and, like, really lasted after the 4th of July. When Before 4th of July, you know, when all of the inflation talk was going on, it was running out like water. And I'm like, my gas really lasted, you know, from my fill up on Tuesday, July 5th. Nevertheless, I am always interested or always, you know, cognizant of not wasting my time, whether that be financial or emotional. OK, yeah. there's inflation with both. OK. Totally. And so, yes, this this is a concern of mine. I don't want to. I wonder how this affects the casual dater, because I'm not really a casual dater like that. Well, you know, 
I think for anyone, there is like a, a woman's tax, like a female tax, because things are more expensive. Makeup, razors, getting your hair done. You know, this isn't a gender thing. We know, but like doing that type of stuff, waxing. Yeah, Brazilian, but or even, whatever. Even razors and deodorant. <laughs> oh yeah, are, that there's, too. There's a tax on on that. And uh, I think it's yeah, it's across the, bo- the board. And there are creative ways. Well, one, just don't meet in person. <laughs> No, we got to meet in person. Uh, and you, you can't don't want be people, cheap. Yeah, you don't want people at your home, though, just because you don't want to go out to I eat. I can't tell you how many men have invited me to their homes. No, under you can't the, do that for the first date. Under the guise of a first no. date. Do you think I went? I'm not. No. I'm more concerned about the killer and, and, and the people that are out here doing wrong than I am. You know, it's a safety issue for me. No, I'm yeah. not coming to your house. And no, you can't cook for me. I don't know if you wash your hands. I don't know the state of your kitchen. I don't know if you're slipping, you know, something in, in the pasta dish. No. Oh, God. So from this article, there were some ideas for creative dates. Uh, well, people did. There was a survey and people said what they'd be down to do. OK. The first one was meat for coffee. Wow, that's me. Yeah, that's an easy one. Because you know why I love that? Even finances aside, if I find out that like we're not compatible, I can grab my cup and go. There's no awkward turning to the waitress and saying, I'm ready for my yeah, check. Exactly. Or can I get it to go for my chicken sandwich? It's just like, no, we already got our cups mm-hmm. and I can get up and leave whenever. I love a coffee date. Seems like that's in line with go to a restaurant. Same amount of people. Take a walk. Uh, another one was that's do something. Romantic. Yeah, do something creative. A museum or exhibit, love that. Then see a show, and then like the two percent was meet at one of our mm-hmm. homes. You know, I you forget also that you could do like go to a park. Obviously, it's summer; you can't do that in the winter. Well, doesn't that fall in line with uh, go take a walk? You can go to Echo Park and take a walk, and yeah, you know. but take a walk. I feel like means you just walk and talk. Yeah. Right, you're not actually sitting down. Like get that picnic going. Go to the beach, maybe the beach too. I do have to say the restaurant I don't mind, but what I like about coffee dates is that pressure isn't there for me. This I'm only speaking for Char. So when I say that pressure isn't there, I don't feel the pressure to put on the push-up bra and the band-aid dress and the stilettos. I can go just as is versus yeah. meet me at 9 p.m. at oh, the totally. hotel bar type It's a totally thing. different thing. Then I'm, you know, doing a little bit extra. Yeah, the, the thing is about the picnic and all that, there are certain dates that you, you can't get out of easily. Like if you're sitting down outside, you put... Blank down. Yeah, you're not. It's not like a thirty minute, and you're piecing out. No picnic dates be lasting like two, three exactly. hours. <laughs> or what about you know when you're younger, you meet in the car. Hey, let's listen to some music. Mm, now that's a different kind of date. Okay, <laughs> at least in my day. So Shelby, producer Shelby, what what is your idea of a creative date that doesn't cost money? I like the idea of, well, one, going to a park. I just like being outdoors. Or maybe something like walking my dog. So, like, they're meeting my dog as well and getting the kind of screening that way. Dog park. Because they need to pass the dog check. Oh, yes. Maya needs to be a fan of this person. (laughs) Um, That, Or I like the idea of doing something creative like painting or... Um, even like to the idea of going outside, um, doing like chalk or something on the sidewalk. Like oh. that's something I forget exists. And then my roommates recently bought some chalk and we've been chalking outside and that's been fun. Oh, that's Cheers. nice. Yeah. I like little things. And see, I wouldn't view certain things like taking a walk or doing a museum. I would love a museum exhibit or mm-hmm. exhibit. Yeah. I would love that's right up Shar's alley, you know, or like an outdoor festival that's like free or like, um, flea market. Yeah. Yes. Flea market is a great place to go. Mm-hmm. That's free as well. There's a well, lot of farmers market yeah there's a lot of like food fest too like there's a lot of vegan fests that mm. i like to go to and mm. there's just different food trucks and stands and y'all can get different things and share well there you go and i, like I do push back against seeing a show 
Because when you see You're a show, you can't really t- well. Aside from that, you can't really talk or get to know each other. True. We're just sitting next to each other in silence, watching the show. That was whenever someone asked me to go for a movie. It always said a lot about them. I was like, "Let's go see a movie." I'm like, "You're one of those the movie people." Mm. Yeah, because you can't get any good conversation. Exactly, in. it's a cop so does out. That even it's count a cop as a date? out. It's usually because of like social awkwardness. Uh huh. And they wanted intimacy. to go see the new Spider Man. Lack of intimacy. <laughs> All right. Next up, what this school is doing to celebrate the LGBTQ community. All year long. Okay. Yeah, next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems like this school district is offering uh, teachers and students to be queer all school year celebration 24-7, not just during Pride. Uh, this came out from the L.A. Unified School District. Oh, uh, I used to work there. Yeah. Oh, were you a teacher? No, I was uh, dealing with one particular student, but I should mention that when I and I've told this story publicly when I was there, I was living in I don't know if this this is even politically correct nowadays, but I was living in stealth, meaning that I was just Shar. No one knew my business. And this was before the conversation around transness had even elevated oh. to where it was at. So I was just Miss Shar. I didn't want them calling Ms. Char me. Miss Shar at a teacher? Yeah, Ms. I was Miss Shar at a middle school. I wasn't teaching anything. I was there as like a TA. Oh, still? Yeah. That's wild. I worked there for one school, one full school year. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. I need to talk to you about that. <laughs> so this thing, uh, the Queer All School Year calendar provides a blueprint for promoting LGBT pride throughout the year, as I mentioned. And these documents came out. Um, of course, you know, I think that. There are people that will take it the wrong way, of course, and run with it. But it says well, that the person who reported it yeah. certainly is is problematic. Uh, it encourages, <laughs> uh, well, they're encouraging the you know, obviously the use of uh, you know non-binary pronouns. They want to make sure that the kids c- can not just be approached with the binary. Obviously, it trains teachers. Well, we should mention they're not necessarily encouraging the use. They're providing a, the framework, for the, the framework yeah, yeah, so yeah. that there are more options. Yes. So we want to be very particular with that because they're not encouraging kids to to use different pronouns. And, uh, they're just letting you know there's more options oh, than he, his, and she, exactly. her. Exactly. And also, this was reported, yes, as this person wrote, was not necessarily a progressive story, person. No, he's terrible. The yeah, exactly. person who broke this story. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, rele- released by someone who is definitely not pro-LGBTQ and is definitely homophobic and transphobic. Oh, this yeah, person. without question. And racist. Uh, but it seems like there will be, you know, uh, uh, they will encourage school staff to support students in starting a GSA or Rainbow Club, uh, prep for next month's Solidarity Week, teach LGBT inclusive curriculum all year, and... Uh, post LGBTQ affirming signs in your office, classrooms around campus. So this was all of the things that were uh, were basically revealed in this new and updated education program coming from LA, which is actually really great. You know, as an example for other schools too. Um, and and also, it's not even necessarily an encouragement. It is a level of visibility to let you know that you're not alone. Yeah. And we're here as a school district to support you. Yeah. So that should that needs to be acknowledged. It's, it's not necessarily an amplification. It is just like if you happen to fall under the LGBTQ plus spectrum, that this is a safe space it's for you. It's the basics. This school, basically, yeah. It's integration. It is integration. Uh, It also talks about supporting the black LGBTQ2S plus. So two spirited is included in this. And so now I wonder how they go about doing that. Because what's I'd I'd question 
How do you support someone who's black and LGBTQ plus versus someone who's not black and LGBTQ plus? What curriculum, what conversations are having being had around that? It says, uh, well, it just says, like, I guess this is for probably teachers and the school system. It says that black LGBTQ youth experience homophobia, transphobia from their familial communities and racism from the LGBTQ community. The black community often holds rigid and traditional views of sexual orientation and gender expression. So it's saying (laughs) like things to look out for to not just assume because this other group is. There's like internalized stuff happening too. And that's why I I wish Ryan was here because uh, there is a huge misconception that the black community is inherently more more homophobic than other communities and statistics show that that's not true. However, I do, I can tip my hat to them for acknowledging intersectionality because a lot of us do deal, like I deal with racism, sexism, misogyny, and transphobia, you know, versus someone who's, who wouldn't be in my shoes. So So, do you think this is a, this is obviously a good thing? Yeah, it is. But I I wanted to be very, I was coming up behind you just kind of being very intentional with our language to show that they're just creating safe spaces for LGBTQ plus students. It's no really like trying to push because they're, they're, you well, know, yeah, they're, the, the narrative what I was saying is the narrative is like oh you're trying to indoctrinate when it's just like right. no you're trying to or make groom. sure people feel safe and don't get bullied and don't end up having depression and suicide yeah well next up we are celebrating this 13 year old who is blowing our minds and is definitely smarter than all of us in the room next on our Yaz Queen of the Day let's go there with Shira and Ryan Channel Q well we are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day yeah Yes, Queen. This one goes to a real-life Doogie Hauser. Alina Annale Wicker is uh, 13 years old. She might seem normal because she does all the normal things 13-year-olds do, but she is also happens to be a student at both Arizona State University and Oakwood University, where she is earning two separate undergrad degrees in biological sciences, and she was just accepted to medical school at 13 years old. Let Listen, me remind you. I have nothing to say. I bow in the presence of greatness, but I always wonder about these child prodigies. Mm-hmm. Just like what life must be like living at an accelerated pace like that. Being 13 and and not to be around your peers. Yeah. You're around 20-something, 30-something year old. So here's the thing. Like, I don't know this because I haven't been through this, but my experience from whether it be documentaries or hearing the, the idea is or movies you go through this, you super speed through life, and then it hits you when you're like at a certain point, like in your 20s, that you missed a lot of your childhood. And there's going to be a lot of things socially, yeah, that she hasn't necessarily yeah. matured into. It's like a child star. Exactly. I'm and, also yeah. interested in knowing what if this isn't her life's passion? It seems like she. You know? I mean, she needs to have it as her life's passion in order to do the work that needs to get done to get this done. Nevertheless, <laughs> so. listen, I bow in the presence of greatness. Exactly. Guess what? I couldn't do this today at 34. So hey. I couldn't, couldn't imagine doing it, you know, 20 something years ago at 13. That is. So, I, 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 I want to know the brain power. Like, what goes into that? How do you win the genetic Some the people genetic just lottery? get it. Some people just get it. Yeah. You know, we all have our thing, the, the gifts we are given. And uh, that's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And kudos to her. Kudos to Elena. Elena. Elena Wicker. Yes. Mm. We're going to be seeing more of her name out there. I'm sure she'll do a TED Talk and everything. Oh, yeah. And on that note, some inspiration for the future generation. That does it for our show today. But we are back next week. 
Mondays, of course, weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern Live. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. Thanks to Char, as always, for being here on Fridays. Love having you in. Thanks for having me. At Char Says So on social media Only on Fridays. And make sure you watch Anything's Possible. I'm going to keep plugging that. Make sure you watch Anything's Possible on Prime Video. And let me know your thoughts. Yeah, thanks to producer Shelby. Thanks to all of you for hanging out with us. And more music coming up right here on Channel Q. But right now, uh, we're saying goodbye. Have a great weekend. Bye. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.